0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Ahmed Ali Akbar picks up the phone. It's his cousin. And the dude is frantic. He needs help now. And it has something to do with a shipment coming into an airport? He had somebody who was going to go pick it up from him from Detroit. His driver pulled out. It's 2018, and Ahmed just happens to be visiting his dad in Michigan. I grew up about two hours from there, and I was visiting home. And he was like, can you go get them for me? His cousin gives him an address. There's no time to waste. Ahmed has to go right now. He hops into his car to make the two-hour drive. It's already 10 p.m., so it's gonna be a late night. When he finally gets close to the Detroit Metro Airport, Instead of following the main signs, his GPS tells him to drive down some tiny road. So I go and I like drive past the airport and I have to like take a U-turn off a
1: side road and I pull up to the cargo bay of Southwest Airlines.
0: This isn't your typical arrivals terminal. There's no wall of glass, automatic doors, or passengers waiting with their luggage. It's
1: literally just like a block in an empty parking lot. It just looks, like, so shady. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I go to the counter, and there's, like, one person ahead of me. I have no idea what they're picking up, but it, like, takes, like, five minutes. Like, it's pretty long.
0: There's an attendant standing behind the counter.
1: I go up to him, and I just show him the WhatsApp message. It literally is just, like, two sentences, like, Southwest, like, arriving this day. And so he goes, "Okay, just hold on a second. Just pull around the side. Emmett
0: gets back in his car.
1: I pull around and there's like a massive garage, like huge. And this massive garage opens and it's 12 boxes like stacked on top of each other. And I go like, so I just take these now? And he was like, yeah, they're yours. And I go,
0: all right. Amit pushes down the seats of his car and arranges the 12 boxes to make use of every inch of space that he has. It's like a game of Tetris. And once he's done, he gets back on the road. I,
1: like, want to open them up, but they're, like, very tightly packed, and I don't, like, have a scissor or knife on me, but I can
0: smell them. What could be in these boxes that's so urgent and so fragrant? Now, I'd give you a few guesses, but I don't think you're going to get it. These 12 boxes, picked up in the dead of the night, are full of mangoes. Now, these weren't your typical run-of-the-mill grocery store mangoes. You know, the big green and red kind? No, these juicy fruits were something else. They were Pakistani mangoes. These mythical, magical mangoes are a vibrant orange color and small enough to fit in the palm of your hand with some extra room. A special mango that's only in season for three to six weeks out of the year and virtually off the market to the regular consumer. They're nearly impossible to get in the U.S. And somehow, Amit had a car packed full of them. It literally, my whole car, smelled like I was bringing flowers home to my girl.
1: (laughs) That's how good it smelled. It was was amazing. I dropped some off to my cousins and then took them to my home, put some in the fridge to cool them down,
0: and then I just gorged. And they were really, really, really good. I understand mangoes are good and all, but... To go through all of this? Hmm, something ain't right. My first question was, is this legal? (laughs) That is a damn good question. I mean, what is this WhatsApp group? Who were the people who were able to get these legendary mangoes into the U.S.? His curiosity and his hunger for more mangoes would lead him to uncover a vast network of distributors, middlemen, and mango crazed consumers that go through insane hoops to get their hands on this prized fruit. And WhatsApp was just the start. I'm Alzo Slade, and from Something Else, this is Cheat. The show where we ask the question: is it ever okay to break the rules? This week, a semi-illicit WhatsApp group that created an international underground mango trade. That's after the break. You've worked on this story for a long time. Yes. Why has it been so important for you to tell it?
1: This story is important to me because it's not a simple story it's not an easy story. It is a feel-good story while also being complicated. There's a level to which it is an unethical thing that people are doing. It's not very ethical to ship fruit (laughs) thousands of miles across the world just so people who have money can buy it and eat it, but it says something about people that they're willing to ship it and do all that work to do it, but they're willing to buy it.
0: The hunger for these mangoes might seem extreme at first, but the mango mania started for Ahmed with his family. I could only have found out about this because my family is totally obsessed with mangoes. Ahmed's family immigrated from Pakistan in the 70s, and they were always talking about mangoes. He grew up listening to stories about being back home in the Punjab region, sitting outside with a bucket of iced mangoes, enjoying the heat, and eating fruit after fruit, letting the sticky, sweet juices run down their chins.
1: My aunt tells a story about breaking into her family's mango cellar. Apparently they had a room in which they like stored all the mangoes <laughs> and like were getting them ripened and they were caught eating these mangoes. And her parents forced them to finish all of the mangoes and get sick on eating all the mangoes, which is a very old school form of punishment, but kind of sounds good to me now.
0: I mean, it sounds pretty good to me, but when Emmett's family came to the US, they couldn't find any mangoes that compared to the ones that they left behind. Mangoes so good that they just kept talking about them. Okay, I'm sure you guys are wondering like me, What makes these Pakistani mangoes so special?
1: It has this amazing custardy texture when it's the right ripeness. It's It's so sweet. It literally feels like, oh, this is nature's candy. Pakistani mangoes, it's like a Beyonce concert. It just is an unbelievable food experience. I really can't express to you how much I love them.
0: The mangoes have always been really, really difficult to find in the States. In fact, until 2010, it was illegal to bring Pakistani mangoes into the U.S.
1: I heard some rumors that people were getting them in like the 80s and 70s, maybe like fruit regulations were not as good then, but I really don't think that's the case. Every time I asked the government agencies, they were like, no, 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 they were not available and they were completely unavailable in the U.S. And people
0: were resorting to illegally smuggling them in from Canada. People would drive over the border into Canada where Pakistani magos were legal and just buy as many as they could. They would basically go to gorge on
1: mangoes. And they'd also try to load them up under, like, underneath some socks or, like, in the back of their car and try to bring them over the border.
0: And that mango obsession, well,
1: it works both ways. Pakistanis are obsessed with getting their mangoes into the
0: hands of people. They're so obsessed that it's considered a form of diplomacy. In South Asia, the fruit had long been used to ease tense relationships. They're also used to improve trade or economic bonds. Now, imagine that. The key to world peace is in a mango. Pakistan as a
1: country will send boxes of mangoes to world leaders to say, like, you know, you need to open up trade with
0: us. Our mangoes are so good. Your consumers will like it. Back in 2010, America and Pakistan had a somewhat fraught alliance to fight terrorists. And as the U.S. was trying to build a better relationship between the two countries, one thing they decided to do was open up the U.S. market to Pakistani mango imports.
1: Hillary Clinton came to Pakistan on a diplomatic visit and she got a box of mangoes and she like made a statement
0: about them. She was like, yeah, they're great and they should come to the U.S. Thanks to her co-sign and some lengthy negotiations between the two governments, later that year, Pakistani mangoes were finally authorized and approved for import. Problem solved, right? Mmm, not so fast. Because even though the mangoes were approved to come, they still had to meet the FDA regulatory standards. The U.S. government was worried that
1: if they imported mangoes from other countries, they would also import their pests.
0: You know when you fly into the U.S. and they ask if you have any produce? That's because they don't want you bringing that orange or that banana with insects from another country that would destroy the local ecology in the U.S. So they were like, you have to irradiate these mangoes before they come to the United States. Irradiation exposes fruit to gamma rays, which sterilizes any insects nestled in a piece of produce, leaving them unable to reproduce and wreak havoc on U.S. crops. But here's the thing. Pakistan doesn't have the irradiation facilities that meet the USDA standards. So even though mangoes were now allowed in the U.S., the fruit would still have to be processed before it could be sold. And it couldn't happen in Pakistan.
1: The type of irradiation that is typically preferred is not really available in Pakistan. So that presents a huge problem. You have to find somebody in America that is willing to do it.
0: So you gotta get the mangoes to an irradiation center in America.
1: It has to be processed in Pakistan and then it has to like go on a two leg flight to America and then it has to fly to an irradiation facility and then it has to go
0: back to an airport and then it has to be shipped there's lots of logistics to consider as well like how are you going to pack the mangoes so once you've made a connection
1: from the radiation facility in and the and the Pakistani farm, they have to be packed in the right boxes. They have like you have to make sure the boxes meet certain dimensions. There's all these things that are written in that have to
0: set them up for success. And if they're not in the right boxes, they would be rejected. So, you send your mangoes over in the wrong boxes. They're not gonna get processed.
1: They have to get on the plane. And imagine your flight gets delayed. Imagine a box full hundreds of boxes of mangoes are on an airplane and it gets delayed and it's put in a hot locker, what happens to them? They go bad. So somebody has to be monitoring that too. That's caused
0: a lot of issues. A lot of businesses that would help import Pakistani mangoes stopped because it was too easy for things to go wrong. So there's
1: only a few people, like probably three companies, Fresh, King and Royal are the three that I know of that are still doing it because it's a really hard business. It's expensive. You can lose a lot of money.
0: The margins aren't so great. I mean, you can see it's a pretty intense process. Long flights, box requirements, shipping requirements, and then add to the list of obstacles the very, very narrow window between harvest to ripening and sales. The mangoes that you get from Pakistan, they are
1: only available for weeks at a time. So like one of our variety will be available for three weeks. One
0: will be available for six weeks. This leaves Pakistani farmers in a giant race against the clock to get their beloved crops to the U.S. market and a logistics nightmare they couldn't solve on their own. Plus, one other timer going off. The mangoes go bad super quickly. They've got an incredibly short shelf life. So even if you were able to get the mangoes on a plane and fly them to a U.S. irradiation facility for processing, by the time they were ready for distribution, often the result wasn't worth it. It could be too late. Like they used to ship the
1: mangoes to people in the mail, but they would end up being in terrible quality and consumers would complain. Pakistani mangoes look bad quickly. They go bad quickly.
0: People had to find a way to beat the clock. Because despite all these obstacles, the demand was high for these mangoes. So this is where we start to see the major players in what would become the WhatsApp mango trade.
1: There's like three major groups that are kind of making the distribution happen. The most important would be the supplier or logistics expert at the top. That's not somebody who has a farm. It's somebody who has done the work to coordinate the transport of a mangoes crop from Pakistan to an irradiation facility in America and then to an airport shipping yard
0: where they can be shipped to other people. Okay, so you get the mangoes from Pakistan to the U.S. and through irradiation. But now you got to get them to consumers as quickly as possible. That's where you see the second group of folks in this chain. The middlemen. The middlemen make these WhatsApp groups. They
1: coordinate like a week or two ahead of time and say, I have orders coming in on this date from my supplier. The supplier has this mango and this mango. Send me
0: your minimum of eight or ten orders of boxes. Let me know how many you want. Working just as hard for the precious mangoes on the other side, are the consumers trying to find their way to the middlemen. And that's how these WhatsApp groups form. In order to get into one of these WhatsApp groups, you definitely need to have a connect.
1: You need to know that they're a serious person, that they're trying to actually buy mangoes. People want to sell you hundreds of dollars worth of mangoes. So there is an element of exclusivity, but I think if you're willing to put down money, you will be able to get in.
0: Whoever would have thought that there's exclusivity when it comes to buying mangoes, and especially having to be invited to a WhatsApp group. Most of us are trying to get out of group chats. But this is where the mango trade goes underground. It's just carried out on WhatsApp. Nobody's really in charge. There's no real paper trail. And the price? Well, that's determined by the distributor. But for a ripe Pakistani mango, most people are willing to do what it takes. And in 2018, Emmett was one of those people. He'd gotten a taste of the fruit when he did that pickup for his cousin. And now he wanted more. That's after the break. Amit started talking to everyone he could who had any connection to that WhatsApp group.
1: The first thing I did when I found out you could order mangoes on WhatsApp was ask for the WhatsApp number. (laughs) I was like, who is the person who can send me the mangoes? I got a number of a guy in Texas. He
0: apparently has a grocery store, but he was shipping these mangoes out to people. Amit reaches out to him, asking him to place an order. He's so excited for his own boxes of mangoes. He can just imagine the smell. He waits for a response and crickets.
1: I know that mangoes are only available during the summer, so I was like sitting there, anxiously, like looking like, did he read the message? Did he see the message? Is he ignoring it?
0: Amit is not about to be left on red. Absolutely not. So he decides to up his game. He reaches out again with an order request, but also drops the info that he's a journalist and plans to do a story about the mango business. Featuring the seller could mean more business for him, so that's got to be an incentive for him to respond, right? No response again. Third time, I'm like, okay, I'll
1: buy as many mangoes as you want. Can we please get them? You know, the story can come later. He goes, okay, sure, I'll get you the mangoes. And I was like, okay, so how does it work? He's like, you order a minimum of eight boxes. And at that time, the price for eight boxes was probably about $300.
0: For perspective, one box of mangoes could have anywhere between five and 10 of the fruits, depending on the size. And Pakistani mangoes are really small. Like, if you make the OK symbol with your fingers, that's how big they are. It's enough for, like... One house to eat in like a week. So eight boxes,
1: it's a lot of mangoes, but it's also very expensive for that many mangoes, right? It's like, you're talking between eight and $10 for a mango. So of course I balked at that. $300 worth of mangoes. How am I going to eat that many? Do I want to spend
0: that much money on this? Is it worth it? And again, like, is it legal? Ahmed thought about getting his family to go in on a $300 order, but he'd still have to find a way to pick them up from the airport. All of it just felt a little too complicated. At this point, I was like, this is really annoying. <laughs> so I, I kind of ghosted him back because I was like, this just seems too stressful. But Amit kept digging. He found a bunch of people getting creative to meet the demand. Like there were mosques where the whole community got in on the deal, placing big orders and acting as a pickup spot where folks could get their mangoes in smaller and more affordable quantities.
1: There's a guy named Zia, who has probably the most unique way of doing it. He goes to the airport, picks them up, and then he has WhatsApp groups for Connecticut, WhatsApp groups for Massachusetts, WhatsApp groups for New York. He makes a weekend run where he drives with this van full of mangoes, and he's like, if anyone in Connecticut wants to pick it up, I'll be at this location. In New York, come to Atlantic Avenue around between 6 and 8 p.m. I'm going to be there. Like, people go and get them out of the back of a van.
0: Neighborhood stores found their way into the underground trade as well. But if you chose this route, you had to know exactly when they were arriving to beat the crowds. The mangoes sold out fast, which makes sense because there just weren't that many. Amit estimates that only a couple of hundred tons of Pakistani mangoes make it to the U.S. But there are hundreds of thousands of tons of mangoes coming in from everywhere else. The
1: scale is just not the same. The majority of places where Pakistani mangoes go to is like the Middle East, where it's it's not as hard. You know, they you can buy a Pakistani mango in the Middle East for the price of a Mexican mango here. You know, and so one of my guys who I talked to Zulfikar Momin, he was like, I know how expensive it is in the U.S., so I send my Prada, my Gucci, my
0: Versace to America. Emmett desperately wanted a taste of that Versace mango. So, he starts asking around, you know, maybe he get another tip from the local mango syndicate. I started asking other people, like,
1: have you had the mangoes, do you, do you know where I can get them from? And somebody told me about this guy in New Jersey called the Alms dealer, OMS means mango in Urdu, so it's like a play on like
0: the arms dealer, he knows it's shady. For a quest that was already cloaked in so much mystery, this shadiness is pretty much on brand. But the alms dealer had something different going for him. Proximity. He was a 15-minute drive away. Amit places his order and arranges the pickup. So same thing. I was like, hey,
1: can I get four chansa, four unveratol? These are different varieties of Pakistani mangoes and I'd like to pick it up on this day. And he was like, well, you can't really decide when you pick it up. The deliveries come once a week and you have to pick it up whenever
0: you can. Finally, Hammett gets word from the dealer and he finds himself driving through a residential suburb in New Jersey. And clearly it's a big change from the airport cargo bay. I turn into a little cul-de-sac and it's
1: literally the end of the neighborhood. And it's just like a person's house. I ring the doorbell. This guy comes out and, like, you can tell, like, he just, like, took off a suit and was, like, settling down for the day. And I come into his living room, and his living room has become, like, a makeshift mango warehouse. Like, he has, like, mangoes lining the wall of his dining room,
0: and he has names on top of each of them. The alms dealer tells him he can look for his name, grab his prepaid mango bounty, and he's good to go. But no, Emma's not just going to take his word for it. I kind of want to
1: check it. I'm like, can I eat one? He's like, yeah, sure, we can. We can have one right now. So we like sit there together. We like open one up, and I, I taste it. And I'm like, it's a literal full body experience.
0: You see my face contort. My brain starts moving faster. You know what? Now that I think about it, I'm not sure if I should try this mango because it sounds like it's like some crack cocaine type of situation to where you try it once and then you got you just gonna do whatever you gotta do to get more of it.
1: <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying I'm just this I is have my a,
0: reaction to the way in which you're describing it is what I'm saying. I have a child, okay?
1: I should be investing in her college fund. And I'm over here spending like $200 on mangoes that will last <laughs> a week.
0: Emmett <laughs> <laughs> has been reporting this story on Pakistani mangoes for years. And at each step of the way, he's been telling people about what he's learned on Twitter. And at first, it was just this funny story Lately, though, a lot more people seem to be interested. So from then to now, what do you think has changed the most about this trade and demand for the fruit? I think the demand has gone
1: up. I have been in some of these WhatsApp groups, and when I first started, they would be very quiet. And then when I wrote a story or published a video about them, they seemed to get a lot of names into them, a lot of people joining the groups, a lot of people talking, a lot of people ordering, a lot of orders selling out quickly. So I think they have become more well-known as a result of, I would probably say, not only just my reporting, but also the word of mouth. I think it's getting more well-known amongst the Pakistanis. Mm -hmm. I think it's bringing in some non-Pakistanis as well. Like I've seen at pickups, I've seen in group chats, like, uh, you know, you can't assume anything about anyone, but you see names that are definitely not Pakistani uh, ordering mangoes. So that's pretty cool.
0: You're seeing like Ryan Smith, or <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, sh- I
1: showed up to this guy Zia Siddiqui, who sells mangoes out of a van. I showed up to pick up mangoes from him for the first time, and there was a handful of Pakistanis there. There was like a one couple that was clearly not Pakistani. I just started talking to them, and they were like, "Yeah, we heard about these mangoes. We heard they're really good." And we were like, "You, we should go pick it up from this random guy's van in a in a parking lot in Brooklyn." <laughs> I was like, "Wow." That shows a lot of trust in me that you were willing to do this.
0: This thing is taking over your life, bro.
1: It really is. It really is taken over my life. <laughs> but it's only for a couple weeks in the summer.
0: For Amit and the countless others involved, those few weeks of effort is worth it. For a very simple reason. The mango is not just a mango. We'll find out what it truly is after the break. When Amit stumbled into the WhatsApp mango trade back in 2018, it started what would become a four-year commitment to learning the ins and outs of this underground world. It became a meaningful obsession of his own, one that culminated in an Eater piece published in 2021 that earned him the James Beard Award for his reporting. Basically, he's blown the lid off this secretive world, introducing new customers to the Pakistani mango within the Pakistani-American community and beyond. It's like his own personal diplomacy quest. It's evident just how much this all means to him, and his work connected him with so many others who navigated the WhatsApp mango world with equal enthusiasm and commitment. I needed to get to the bottom of why this fruit has them all in its grips. This podcast, it's a a series that's called Cheat, in many ways, cheating is not black and white. There's a lot of a gray in there. Where would you say is kind of the gray area of cheating in this story?
1: I have been so curious about what I'm not being told by these middlemen and the suppliers, and how much money they're making. How is this viable for them? As far as I can tell, the the WhatsApp thing is totally legit. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just like so weird. And, and and I don't know, like the record keeping is probably unclear to me. Like, are they reporting my sale to the government? Like, are they keeping track of it? Like, are they paying taxes on it? When you do something through like Shopify or something, like you have a better idea. But when you're doing it through WhatsApp and you're like PayPaling somebody, I don't know. Everybody who does it is like, it was weird, but it was worth it. And it feels illegal, but I just want to stress that the actual importing is not actually
0: illegal that way. I haven't explored the illegal side so much, but I'm sure it exists. Looking at this story, it feels like for immigrant communities like in the U.S., I know food carries a lot of meaning, you know. And so in that respect, what meaning do you think these mangoes have for the Pakistani-American community? I think they're a symbol of
1: identity, a symbol of our love for food. I think we are so food obsessed as a country. You're in a country that officially people are not supposed to drink or do drugs. Um, what do people do when they can't drink or do drugs? Is they 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 love food. They food is the you know num- right underneath that. The way wine is a symbol of France. The way olive oil is a symbol of Palestinians. The way. Um, and olives are a symbol of Greece or all these things that are like considered core to the identity of a country. I think mangoes are that for Pakistan.
0: Like when I think of a, a, a story like this and how, you know, Pakistani Americans like yourself have a deep cultural connection to your country and you just find like home, you find a, a, a strong sense of home in this fruit and what that represents, you know, and do you think on somewhat of an, an existential level, like, that the takeaway from this is that this WhatsApp community is, is, is staying alive because of this, because of this sense of, of personal identity and home that's connected to this fruit that represents more than just a plant that we eat?
1: It's like the stories we tell about our community, it's the stories we mm-hmm. tell about growing up in the home that you come from, the joyful moments, the delicious moments, the funny moments, it's just all those things packed up in one. I also want to say that it's a part of our history. Even our most famous poets like Amir Khusro who, you know, is living hundreds of years ago was writing poems about mangoes and how delicious they were. It's so meaningful on multiple levels that it can't be summed up in one single meaning. People are critical of the mango, that it's too important, that we spend too much time obsessing about it. Other people believe it's a part of our history, that our poets wrote about it, that it is one of the best things that we have. So the mango can't be any one single thing. But it is meaningful any way you, you you deal with it. Your love of it, your obsession of it, your rejection of it says something about Pakistaniness and our intensity with which we eat food, the intensity with which we tell stories. It says something about us that we're willing to spend $40 for a box of mangoes, spend hours <laughs> driving to do it, and come away happy and willing to do it again. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You can read Amit Ali Akbar's award-winning story about Pakistani mangoes at Eater.com. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Just a reminder to follow Cheat wherever you get it. And please do leave a rating and a review if you like what we're doing. It helps other people discover the show. And, of course, we want more listeners. Also, if you want to listen to the show without the ads, you can subscribe to Cheat Plus. It's like Cheat, but better. It's just $2.99 a month. Or if you're in the U.K., £2.49. And you get all of this without having to listen to those annoying commercials. Just go to Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe instead of follow. You can try it for free now. Next time on Cheat.
1: Americans are still wanting so fervently to believe that recycling is valuable. They they want it to actually have positive net value. Not only to the environment, but they think that it's worth money. And actually the opposite has proven to be true.
0: She is presented by me, Alzo Slade. This episode was produced by Tiffany Walker and Julia Doyle. The executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs and Tom Koenig. The series editor is Megan Dietrich. Special thanks to Camila Kashani. The original idea for the show was developed by Tom Fuller. Assemblies and scoring by Sabina Singani. Engineering and sound design by Martin Peralta at Output Media. Our production coordinators are Jennifer Mystery and Iker Egbatola.